Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Money Mitch Effect. I'm your host, Mitch Michaels, and thank you for joining me on this podcast where we discuss everything and anything in the world of sports with some professionals and amateurs of the like. Very special episode today, chatting with Shane Bieber of the Cleveland Indians, starting pitcher. We talk about his rise from fourth-round draft pick in 2016 out of UC Santa Barbara as a preferred walk-on to starting pitcher for the Indians. He made it through the Indian system as a major league player in less than two years. That's an incredible pace. We talk about how he did it, some of his favorite memories this year, grinding through the minor league system, getting a double in his first game as a hitter, and some of his favorite memories with uh, his teammates and what he looks to build upon in the years to come, hopefully, from my perspective and his, I think, I'm assuming, as a Cleveland Indian for many, many years to come. But Shane was great. Here's that interview now with Shane Bieber of the Cleveland Indians on the Money Mitch Effect. Let's start the show. All right, now joining us on the Money Mitch Effect from the Cleveland Indians, 23-year-old pitcher from Orange County with an 11-5 record this year for the Indians, called up in June, starting pitcher Shane Bieber. Shane, thanks for joining the show. Hey, Mitch. Thanks for having me, man. So right off the get-go, I'm grateful that you're doing this show, Shane, but also have a lot of questions for you in regard to your story. It's an interesting one, to say the least, playing high school baseball at Laguna Hills High School going to UC Santa Barbara as a preferred walk-on, and in less than two years as a fourth-round pick, making it all the way to the show to Major League Baseball. I know the season's over now. The Indians won the division, and you didn't finish the season with the championship, but all that's said and done. Has it hit you yet just how remarkable that season has been for you and that journey to the majors has been? Um, it's, it's starting to set it in a little bit. I'm, I mean, I never really let it – I wasn't able to slow down enough during the season to really let it catch up to me. Um, and kind of take it all in because it was, you know, such a crazy thing and it's something you dream about and it was, you know, amazing to kind of have it all come into fruition this year. And, you know, like you said, a few years ago, I wasn't sure if I was going to be able to play college baseball. So I guess in that sense, all I really wanted and needed was a chance. And then obviously playing in baseball and going to school at UC Santa Barbara isn't, isn't a bad option. So, um, you know, I'm really fortunate with the path I was able to take and uh, I wouldn't trade it for anything, but it's it's been crazy and and it's nice to kind of relax at, at this point and and let it all settle in. It didn't end like we wanted it to, and it sucks leaving leaving the season with a bitter taste in your mouth. And you know everybody's going to tell you that because it's the truth, and it and it sucks. But um, you know overall, it was, it was a crazy year for me. It was a rookie year, and and we made the playoffs, and not a lot of rookies can say you know they made the playoffs in the first year. So you know all in all, it was it was a, it was a tremendous year for me. In your career, Shane, at UC Santa Barbara, it's pretty remarkable getting to the first ever uh, appearance in the College World Series with that program. But you mentioned it. That was something that you started as a preferred walk-on. And I've heard you say in interviews and in credit your support system, your family, but just the confidence that you had to have and they had to have in you had to mean that much to even get you to take that opportunity because a lot of people in your situation probably wouldn't even go to the situation where playing time a scholarship isn't even on the table. Right, yeah. So I think that's you know, like I like I said earlier, uh, coming to a place like this in, in Santa Barbara, and you know, I'm actually up here right now. This is my off season residence because it's it's such a hard place to leave. Oh, yeah. But being able to have an opportunity to to play baseball for a, uh, you know a solid Division one program and and to be able to go to school and live in Santa Barbara to, for three to four years was was really what it came down to. Um, I didn't really have any other offers, so uh, I guess in that sense, I'm I'm grateful that the decision was easy to make and you know just allowed me to go out there and have fun with it and 
and not really stress it too much to have fun to have fun with it and and really just go for it and it's kind of felt like i was playing with house money um obviously i was because my parents were were so helpful and and uh and supportive and allowing me to go out there and, and do what i want to do but you know i owe a lot to them and you know, i guess the decision was it was kind of easy yeah, and you guys had a lot of talent on that team. I know Dylan Tate was a top five overall pick uh, the year before you in the draft, and right. I think I think it's safe to say that that might have been maybe one of the reasons why you were kind of overlooked in the draft is that there was a lot of talent not just on your team but on that pitching staff. Right. Yeah. Um, I think my sophomore year, the year before I got drafted, we had um, obviously our our guys starting on Friday nights went fourth overall, and then the Saturday Saturday starter went in the fifth round. And, you know, we, we pitched the heck out of it, out of the bullpen too, and, and won a lot of close games. And uh, it's something I'll cherish forever, just not, not just that year, but all three years, and especially that third year going to going to Omaha. Just it's such a good group of guys, and, and Checkett's did a really good job of coming in. And, and that was my three years were really his first crop of only his recruits. So, um, you know, that's a testament to him and, and Eddie Cornejo and the job that they did bringing in guys and, and being able to kind of create the culture that they wanted with their own, their own guys that they recruited by themselves, um, as opposed to inheriting guys. So it's a testament to them, and 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 also the guys that you know went out there and did it because you know we had a lot of fun doing it, and it's, it's pretty incredible. Yeah, not just going to the College World Series, actually advancing around, beating Miami, and not just showing up, just just happy to be there. It was a remarkable. Right, moment. right. Uh, Shane, as we as we keep going here on the Money Mitch effect, I know you were a fourth round draft pick, and not to bring up any old wounds, I'm not even sure if if prospects are, are cognizant of what their scouting report said, but the tape on you and the stuff on you basically said average, said safe, as safe as it gets. Are you aware of that stuff, and does that motivate you, or is it just white noise that you're not really paying attention to when you're trying to make it as a professional? Um, it's tough going into the draft, especially. Um, that's when you hear the most about yourself and 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 what scouts really think of you and it's kind of um you know whether you like it or not it's good to use to your advantage um i thought that you know i had put together a pretty good college career and and i guess i didn't know that they used the word safe as it gets but you know that's a compliment to me i i enjoy that and i think that's um you know part of the reason i'm so fortunate to be to have been drafted by the indians because one of the things that they value the most is consistency and i think that's something that they put high praise on and fortunately I was able to transfer over some consistency from the college level to the pro level and, and you know continue that for the last few years but I think uh you know most of all it's, it's the draft is about you know hoping and finding a good fit for you and both the team so I think teams are doing a really good job of that this you know these past few years they're learning more about players and what they want and, and developing you know game plans to help players move kind of move through a system a little bit faster because they know what they want and they know what they're going to get from them. So I think that's something that really helped me is kind of just trying to be as consistent as possible and, and they're knowing what they get with me. And fortunately I was able to make a couple adjustments that, you know, uptick my velo and, and changed the slider and added a curveball and, and was able to kind of go from there. But um, really uh, unfortunate in how this fit with this organization is, has kind of shaped up to be. For sure. And Shane, I had to look at your stats twice, actually three times, to make sure that, that I was getting the info right, that you actually gotten better <laughs> with, with every level that you've gone up. And part of that is the, the label of people being late bloomers. Why do you think, in your adult years, really, you've 
pitched your best, that you found your next gear when a lot of players would have plateaued, especially at the pitching position? I mean, I think it's a lot of it's just learning about pitching. Um, I didn't really become a pitcher. I didn't become a pitcher only until uh, until my college years, and even then, I was still trying to swing the bat a little bit. So, you know, just learning more about the pitching position and what I'm trying to do, and learning more about myself and and kind of the direction I want to go. With all the advanced analytics coming out nowadays, you don't want to fall too far into the rabbit hole, but a lot of it's extremely useful to kind of develop a game plan about what kind of player you want to be. So uh, just using resources and, and, you know, continuing to work hard and and stay positive and keep a positive mindset was probably the biggest thing for me. Yeah. It's, it's goes without saying, I mean, two years to make it from single a baseball literally. And I know there's a lot of Indians fans listen to this. You played for the Lake County captains. That's about 20, 25 minute drive from where the Indians play to advance that many levels that quick. It's, it's remarkable. It would be great for a first-round pick to to advance at that pace. But I have to ask you specifically, the 2016 season, you, you played college, you had a shortened season, and I'm, I'm pretty sure you can correct me if I'm wrong, that you were kind of on a little bit of a restriction. Did it feel good 2017 yeah. to get your first full pro season and maybe have the kid gloves come off? Yeah, absolutely. I thought, you know, like I said, I'm extremely fortunate with the way the, the Indians organization has treated me. I think they've treated me extremely fairly and always – been up front with me so when they when I got drafted out of college obviously went on a little late postseason run and and the pro season had already started at that point so took a few uh like a week and a half two weeks off they told me to take a couple weeks off you know enjoy it with my family and then come back into short season ready to go and and I was going to be on an innings limit and just kind of get my first you know couple months month and a half of pro season under my belt which was which was awesome it was a good experience I think they they handled that really well with me, and I was I was happy with the way they handled it and the kind of the game plan they set forth. But obviously, 2017, you know, just getting a full pro season and trying to go out there and and make every start, it was kind of nerve wracking because you know being on a five day rotation for the first for a full season for the first time was was something I wasn't sure I was ready for. But you know, fortunately, held up and and did all the right things and was able to. The biggest thing for me was just to be healthy during that that span and and try to make it through a full season healthy. And fortunately, I've able to, or been able to do that the first few years. Yeah, it's been it's been passed with flying colors, and I don't think I'm the first one to say that. But Shane, everybody knows the glamour of being a professional player, at least they think they do. But you started out in A baseball, had to go through a bunch of levels to get even to AAA. What's something about that grind that maybe people don't know from the outside? Yeah, I think it's funny. I think, um, you know, fortunately... I was surrounded by a bunch of great dudes and we were able to all kind of band together. And I think that's how most minor league systems are from what I've heard from a bunch of my buddies. But I think uh, minor league players and and we kind of just try to band together and have fun doing it. Obviously everybody knows it's, you know, something crazy. Usually you got four or five guys in a two or three bedroom apartment figuring it out day by day. And and every day is kind of like Groundhog's Day because you can wake up doing the same exact thing. Uh, so usually, you know, I, you'll lose track of time. I remember uh, in my first pro season, I called my dad and uh, and was like, oh, I thought you'd be at work. And he's like, it's Saturday. <laughs> and uh, so he, I was like, oh, shoot. Uh, I kind of lose track of days. And, and like I said, every day becomes Groundhog Day. But just realizing that you're still playing professional baseball and, and you're getting paid, even though it's not very much in the minor leagues, you're still getting paid to do it. So. And just having fun with it and enjoying it and 
and playing a game for as long as you can is, is really was the mindset for me, and I know a lot of guys, and it helps get through it. Yeah, positive attitude, I would think, would get you through a lot of this and, and treating it like a professional and, and learning to become a pro right. at that level is, is so valuable. Shane, as, right. as we move along, I mean, you were here on the Money Mitch Effect. You were not even added to the top 100 prospect list until May, and then you were called up the very next month. But I do have to ask you one of your prouder moments, but maybe one of your weirder moments, if that's safe to say in baseball, the rain short and no hitter. I mean, a lot of people dream yeah. about having a no hitter. I don't think that the scenario in their mind is always seven rain short innings, but it's a no hitter, and at least that's what it's going to count as. Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, I'll, I'll take it. Obviously, I would have loved, uh, you know, obviously weather permitting to go out there and, and at least test my luck at going nine. I think anybody would tell you that. But it is what it is. I couldn't. It's just one of those things you can't control. Could kind of see it coming the whole day, and uh, and really the whole the whole game. The last two to three innings, there was a light sprinkle, and then it just started to come down. And when we, I think we were in Gwinnett, you know, a little bit south of Atlanta, or somewhere around Atlanta, and uh, you know, when it comes, it doesn't stop very soon. So unfortunately, I was able to, or we had to, you know, cut it two innings short, but. Um, you know, like you said, not how you draw it up, but we'll take it. Absolutely. And that was at the AAA level. You're at that point ready to go. You get called up and you've shared the story about how it was a funny thing, how your your manager and your pitching coach, Steve Carsey, were all involved in letting you know that you were called up and pitching uh, in Minnesota. Right. But you go from that. I, I got to think, especially being a young kid like yourself, that you not only are thrilled that you're going up, you've got to balance a lot of different emotions. Like you're thrilled, you're happy, you've realized your dream, but You've also got to get ready to pitch at the highest level and let your parents know. I know it was something to let your dad know as well. There's a lot that probably goes into getting that call off that people don't realize. Yeah, it was uh, it was insane. I don't really remember much from from getting from kind of figuring the the few days before the start, um, just because there was so much going on and I was probably freaking out. Uh, but I I pretty much just called my parents and told them. You know, after we after we were done all freaking out and celebrating or whatever, kind of was just like, hey, I'm gonna leave, however many tickets, and you guys deal with it because I don't want to have to deal with it. And obviously, uh, you know, fortunately for me, I got to, uh, such a strong support system. I, I I wasn't able to leave enough tickets, but I don't think people were that mad about that. Um, you know, so many people came out and were able to support me, and you know, I'm lucky because it was also my birthday, so it was probably. I'm going to go ahead, go out on limb and say that's going to be the most special birthday I'll ever have just because it's a dream come true and, and to actually have it, you know, come into reality was, was pretty insane. Insane. Wow. It's, it's funny because the story is fairy tale like, but there's some, some right. slight variances in there too. But, but still, I mean, right. you, you got into a great situation. You talked about it playing for Terry Francona in this organization. He spoke glowingly of you. He said that you were on online to start a potential game four against the Astros, and he keeps mentioning maturity and consistency to have the belief of a manager, especially one as respected as that. That's got to really get you going and make you believe in yourself, right? Oh yeah, it definitely helps. Tito's awesome. He's always, you know, he's been supportive. I, I didn't get to meet him. I probably met him uh, once or twice before in like spring training and then a fall development program. You know, maybe one or two years ago when I first got drafted, but. uh but yeah, just because I wasn't in spring training, and so when I came up this year, you know, I was able to sit down with him right when I first got called up and have a ten, fifteen minute conversation. And he he's really a cool dude, and he keeps it light, and everybody knows that he's a funny guy. 
it keeps the mood light, but he's also really knows what he's talking about. He's he's such a, a highly respected manager and for good reason. So, you know, super fortunate to, to have him and, and to be able to be a rookie with, you know, him taking me under his wing and, and, and keeping me calm because, uh, you know, it's a pretty stressful time, especially when you're on the bubble and kind of up and down all year. So he's extremely supportive and, and that, you know, that means a lot coming from a guy like him. And your pitching staff as well, Shane. I mean, there there's Cy Young winner and, and Corey Kluber on there. There's some good young pitchers as well as some veterans. I think it'd be interesting, and I'd love to hear what you have to say about learning from these guys, but it's also pretty competitive because if you're on the bubble, as you said, you don't know if you're going to be there for long. You know you have to pitch for your job. What's that like learning from, from some great pitchers while also staying competitive? Right. It's 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 extremely competitive, but I, I don't think a lot of guys think that way because that's kind of a way you can maybe dwindle mentally or, or whatever it may be that's you know not always something you can control. So I think everybody really pulls for each other, and, and that's one of the coolest things that I realized about this staff is you know how diverse, even though we're all right-handed pitchers, but everyone's game is, is extremely diverse and has a different pitch that they have their go-to, and but everyone knows each other really well at the same time. We all watch each other's bullpens and, and you know study each other just as much as we study ourselves. Just to be able to have that outside perspective when something's not right or something's going on, to have four guys, especially those four guys, come up and tell me, you know what they see and, and that's not even to count you know a guy that was in a similar situation out of Pletco you know we, we were super close and, and help each other and I guess that would be an extremely competitive situation me and him but you know we've actually talked about it and we keep it extremely light and and you know we're going to be friends and go out there and compete on the field but uh, you know always pull for each other in the dugout and, and have fun doing it. Right, and you've got benefits as well. Like you're probably one of a handful of people in uh, the Cleveland area who's actually seeing Corey Kluber smile. So that's got to be pretty good, <laughs> right? <laughs> no, but I, I, yeah, I, I know there's maybe a, a personality. couple more times than anybody else. <laughs> yeah, I know there's a personality down there somewhere. But it, it is it is funny though because even like we talked about it, like it's two years ago, you were a college kid, and you go from that to pitching to being out there with the Indians, a good team. And, and, you know, I saw that some of the social media posts, you're playing arcade games with Jose Ramirez. Like two years ago, you were in college. Like it's gotta, it's gotta yeah. just be surreal at times, even, even caught up in the moment. Yeah. Um, you know, it feels a little bit longer than two years ago. Uh, maybe that's just cause it's a longer kind of road. Unfortunately, I was able to, to hit the fast track a little bit, but you know, it is, a, is a, it is a pretty long road just traveling through the minors at each level. And, and the season's a really long season, especially, you know, in the big leagues, going from 140 games to 162 or whatever, whatever they both may be. And and it it really doesn't feel like two years ago. It feels like a lot longer of time. But it is crazy now that you know to hear you saying that, being only two two and a half years ago, it's a crazy thing to think about. And I'm I'm really happy with where I'm at right now. Yeah, and Shane, I have to ask you, is there any highlight pitching-wise this year, and you can be honest, that was more exciting to you than getting that double in your first as a as a hitter? Oh, I don't know. I think if it's a one-play thing, then i got to go with that. Right. But if it's an experience overall, um, I think pitching at Fenway was one of my favorite things to do this year. Yeah. Uh, just because it was late in the year, and uh, everyone knew that we had the potential to meet in the playoffs, so it was kind of like a preview of the series, and and the place was crazy and electric and obviously so much history and it was just a lot of fun to really take in and enjoy and and go out there and compete because it was it was was pretty insane 
I would think hitting, especially maybe for bragging rights, would be important because I know. Yeah, at least I think I know that all, all you pitchers are just so competitive with each other that if anybody gets a hit, they probably don't hear the end of it. That's what I use it for. Um, <laughs> I I just I just hold it over you know Cleb's head and let him know that I have a hit and he doesn't. So you know at the end of the day. Um, I'm still beating him in that category. So it's kind of just a bragging right, and we have fun with it. And, you know, he'll make fun of me for for talking about it or, or you know, hanging my hat on that double. But, you know, I'm going to do it for as long as I can. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't blame you. As long that, as he doesn't have one. <laughs> right. The second that happens, the tables turn. Yeah, I was going to ask right. you as well on a lighter note, who is the funniest teammate if it is Cleffinger? And, and also a, a follow-up to that is, if, is there any player – on the Indians that their personality matches their pitching motion as much as Cleffinger? Oh, um, no, I'd say his personality and his pitching motion are pretty, they're both very, uh, very electric and explosive. So I guess that's the best way to put it. But as far as funniest guy on the team, I, I hands down enjoy Rajay Davis the oh. most. Um, that man is a character. He, he is hilarious. I mean, he always keeps the mood light, and and he's coming in with a positive attitude. And no matter what role he's going to play, he's going out there and compete. But we're going to have fun doing it, and uh, he really keeps the light on the clubhouse guy. Wow, that's see, that's something I wouldn't have expected. But okay, it, it's yeah. Uh... I mean, obviously, we have a lot. Um, a lot of guys are a lot of fun, and and the whole clubhouse is fun in general. But for me personally, I, I've I've had some really good conversations with Raja and some really funny ones. So. Um, you know, he's always a joy to talk to in the dugout, especially when I'm uh, only pitching one out of every five days. Okay, wow. And that, see, that's something you learned new here. Did not expect that, yeah. but glad you shared that. Um, Shane Beaver, Money Mitch Effect. So an, another honest question uh, as we as we move along here. When you were, I guess, 12, 13 years old and, and you, you heard about a singer named Justin from Canada, did you know you were in for a long haul of uh, a lot of uh, namesake and uh, comparisons? Yeah, definitely. Uh, I think somebody told me to go look him up, and I looked him up, and I kind of just took a deep breath and was like, "Oh boy, like this is gonna be this is gonna be something." Because he's you know he's extremely talented, and you know I, I actually enjoy some of the music he, he puts out right now. And uh, I, there's no denying how talented the guy is. Obviously, he had a little a little. Uh, it's tough to grow up under the spotlight like exactly. he did, and, and you know he may have done some things that people scoffed at, but. You know, he, he grew in front of millions and millions of people, so it's kind of tough to hold that over his head. And, right, and you embraced it, though. Um, you know, I mean, he's a, yeah, you embraced it, yeah, like, like the, the last name being the same, and I know the players yeah, there, it's yeah. not Justin, which was a, which was a funny yeah. prank by your teammates, but you've I, handled it about as well as anyone can, given the circumstances. Yeah, I think that's that's the only way to do it, is to embrace it, and it's not something that's going to change. <laughs> So it's kind of fun. If anything, I, I treat it as something that keeps the mood light and 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 a conversation starter at that. So I mean, I, I have a lot of fun with it. Well, as your career keeps progressing, and I wanted to talk about the mentality of being a pitcher, you address consistency. You didn't have a loss on the road this year, which I think a lot of uh, people can overlook the mental fortitude it takes to pitch on the road. But talk about consistency and, and the fact that you didn't really walk too many many batters, and I think that's part of the reason why you were able to carve out a good rookie campaign. What are you looking to continue to build on this offseason? What's something that you try to, whether it's adding a pitch, adding strength, or or just getting more mentally tough, what are you looking to expand upon this offseason? 
Yeah, I think shaping pitches will will definitely change and change over the course of a career. But um, you know, nothing nothing too drastic coming for me as far as pitch shaping right now. Um, I think the biggest thing for me going into next year is is sequencing hitters and and figuring out how to get through a lineup three, you know, potentially four times because that's you know when you look at the numbers, that's where I really struggled this year. I was able to get through one and two just fine, and then third time through the order, these hitters are are good enough that they collect enough information on you and they've seen you and get so comfortable that, uh, you know, they they feel real good that third time around. So just getting better and, and keeping them on their toes and, and trying to, uh, you know, like I said, just keep them on their toes and, and sequencing batters, not just one or two times to the order, but three. I think that's the biggest thing for me going into next year. And were you, another honest question, were you used to pitching? I have to ask all the California kids this, but were you used to pitching, yeah, in, the, right. were you used to pitching in the cold before you got to the pro level? No, <laughs> no, not at all. I didn't have to make very many cold starts in Cleveland, fortunately, but uh, in Akron is where I started this year. Made a couple, you know, 23-degree weather uh, with a little bit of snowfall while I'm warming up starts, and those were, although they sucked, didn't really... I would rather be pitching in that weather than charting in the stands, just sitting there, because that's when you really freeze. Point. At least you're moving around and pitching. So I actually looked forward to pitching in those days as opposed to being in the stands or the dugout. That's a good point. And that also, I guess, brings me to another point. You don't have to get into the specifics, but did, did they have some uh, some solid rookie duties for you to do your first year on the big league squad? I know you came there late, but did you have to kind of you know establish yourself as a rookie and, and do as you're told from the vets? Um, yeah, I think that's just more of a respect thing. Uh, I don't think the guys demanded anything out of me that I didn't want to do. I think it's just kind of how the league is, has been set up. And obviously it's so tough to be in this, in this league for multiple years and, and just even hit free agency. That's a tough, it gets tougher and tougher every year to make it all the way through free agency and, and to sign that hopefully long-term deal. So out of respect for, for guys that have been in the league for multiple years, and uh, just because you know how difficult it is, I think uh, you you just tend to respect them a little bit more, and and not especially coming into a clubhouse and, and a team that was winning. I didn't want to come in and you know be that loud rookie or whatever it may be. So you kind of just stick to your own and you know have fun and get more comfortable around the clubhouse as it goes. But I definitely uh, was a bit shy at first coming up. Right. No, I, I understand it. I mean, think anybody that's played sports at a competitive level, level or followed it understands that you have to just respect your elders and, and earn your keep. Right. And it's clear that you did just that here, Shane Bieber, Money Mitch Effect. A couple more things before we wrap this up. On a personal note, was there any moments, was there any batter maybe you faced where it was like a welcome to the MLB moment, like, wow, I can't believe I'm facing this guy, or whether it's a veteran that you grew up watching, was there that moment your first campaign that you thought, wow, I can't believe I'm here. Yeah. It seemed like that was happening, uh, kind of every <laughs> <Repeatedly>. hour. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, I, I think the biggest one for me was my first batter ever faced. And fortunately my first strikeout was, uh, Brian Dozier. And wow. that's a pretty cool first batter to face. So that was in Minnesota and that was a special time for sure. Wow. I, I would imagine that, that especially in, in knowing that you're from Orange County, um, next, next year, Hope you get a start against the Angels because uh, there's a team and a specific player that I think would be cool if you face Trout. What that would be like? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Not trying to psych you Looking out early. To <laughs> got a, got a lot of time, and I know it's a tough matchup. Yeah, there's we've got quite a ways for that. 
but I love looking forward to it. You're right. What, That'll be exciting. What was your routine? And I think it's one of the best closing ways to ask this to any starting pitcher because your daily grind is a little different. It's completely different than a positional player. So what was your routine from a couple days out to actual game day? Did you do the same thing every day? Was there a specific meal, playlist? How did you get to becoming a starter and eventually making that start? I think, uh, if anything, I used to be a little bit too routine-oriented in uh, in college. It was almost like an OCD kind of weird thing uh, where I was doing things that really didn't impact my performance but needed to do them, and I guess that could be superstitious or OCD or whatever it may be. So I think getting into last year with my first full season, realizing that, you know, I'm hopefully, you know, as long as I don't get hurt, I'm going to make 30 to – and then in the big leagues, hopefully 30 to 35 starts or whatever it may be, you know, there's a lot of these. So, and they come real quick. So not, not taking the specifics. And I, like I said, I was kind of weird about it and with the meals and eating the same stuff and all that kind of stuff that doesn't necessarily affect what you're doing out there on the mound, being able to, to lighten up a little bit on myself, relieved a lot of the pressure and, and really allowed me to embrace what I'm doing and, and having fun with it. So, you know, I don't really have any specific like meals like you asked or or any crazy routine things like that. But as far as timing and and getting all my stuff done the way I need to get done, as long as it gets done before and when I need it to get done by, I think that's the biggest thing for me. Yeah, it makes sense. And I think you find a lot of athletes aren't as superstitious as as some are. I mean, there's definitely those that are superstitious, but there's a lot in your camp, right? That just kind of kind of wears you down if you're if you're too superstitious, in my opinion. Right. I mean, there's 162 games in a baseball season. Even if you're making right. 30, 35 starts, you're grinding as well. Well, Shane, before I let you go, I would like to know if, as a kid, if there was somebody that you tried to mimic as a as a youngster in the yard, whether it was hitting or pitching. Growing up, was there somebody that you just idolized as a baseball player? Um, I wouldn't say I. I idolized anybody specific, but that O2 Angels uh, championship team, all those guys were were kind of something that I guess maybe if you want to reach for a, for a story that guys are kind of embraced and take their mentality. As far as it, it just seems like none of those guys were really big contract guys. Right. I mean, there's the Troy Glass, David Eckstein, Scott Spezio, uh, Scott Shields. Um, those guys, you know, they're not huge money guys, but they went out there and did it every day. And I think that's, you know, something really cool. And, and that's, there's something to be said for that. Yeah, and Spezio, it felt like he came out every couple of years and just randomly made big hits in the playoffs. So I, I'm right. right there. It was, a, it was an improbable team. And finally, right. is there, let us a little bit behind the curtain if you can. What's something that a baseball player does to to pass the time? Do you golf? Are there, are there pick up basketball games? Do you play a lot of video games, watch some shows? What's, uh, what gets you through the grind of the season off the field? Obviously, obviously, uh, with Fortnite coming out this year, oh, okay. a lot, a lot of players, especially minor league guys are, are playing Fortnite. And I was definitely on that train. Didn't get out and golf as much as I would have liked to this year, but that's definitely something guys kind of lean on getting away from the field and maybe letting go of baseball for a second playing a different sport and and probably getting more frustrated with that sport than baseball so uh makes you appreciate baseball and you know i mean there's plenty of other things but for me I, i i do play a little bit of video games and and try to get out and golf as much as i can 
Yeah, we'll we'll talk to uh, J.R. Smith and have him work with you uh, on the links and try to get right. him on the green a little bit more. Yeah, uh, that'll be good. <laughs> for sure. Shane Bieber, this was a blast. I do. We're going to try our best to get you on the uh, Laguna, High, Laguna Hills High School Wikipedia page. I don't know how that oversight <laughs> wasn't there. I mean, Owl Black was a good singer, is a good singer, but I mean, come on. Uh, but uh, uh, seriously, Shane, appreciate you coming on, uh, talking about your story, and and best of luck continuing the grind. You've earned everything that you've you've gotten so far, and a 23 year career is just getting going. So I'm uh, I'm excited to see as an Indians fan and as a sports fan in general to see what you build upon, and also just intrigued with uh, this California connection uh, on the Indians. It seems like there's a lot of you Cali guys on the team. So anyway, I it can seems help like it, especially in the deeper throughout the organization too. So. Um, yeah, definitely a lot of California guys. But, hey, I appreciate you having me on. It was a good time. Shane Bieber, Money Mitch Effect. Thanks again, and uh, best of luck. All right. Thanks, Mitch. Huge thanks to Shane Bieber for coming on today's show and talking baseball and the like. Being a professional, Shane was very gracious with his time. He was definitely a jolt of energy for the Indians when he got called up to pitch in the summer into the playoff push. Uh, I hope that he's an Indian for many, many years to come. He couldn't have been nicer setting this up, and, and he was very gracious again with his time. So thanks to Shane, and uh, best of luck to him on his professional journey. Just 23, so a lot of baseball left for him. I'm selfishly hoping it's going to be all with the Indians, but we'll see where his career goes. But thanks again to Shane Bieber, and thanks again to everybody out there for listening. This was the Money Mitch Effect. If you're a loyal, loyal listener of this show for the last two-plus years, or if this is your first episode, thank you for tuning in. All episodes of The Money Mitch Effect can be found on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Google Play. Just search Money Mitch Effect and it pops right up. Leave a rating, a review, subscribe there. You can find it uh, on our Money Mitch Effect Facebook page as well. All the episodes are there. And make sure you check out the other podcasts that we produce. Myself, Matt Gothard, and Kent Brown called Running With The Money. Once a week during the college football season, hopefully beyond, it's a sports betting podcast where we get you straight with football on the college level, as well as some other sports as well. We dabble in just about everything and anything that's what people who are interested in that sort of thing do. But check out our sports betting podcast as well. I'm Mitch Michaels. You can follow me on Twitter, MoneyMitchM21. This was the Money Mitch Effect. Thanks to Tim Adams for supplying the beats, Brian Nelson for supplying the logo, and thanks again to Shane Bieber for appearing on today's show. Go Tribe. This was the Money Mitch Effect. Keep enjoying sports.